Chapter six of the last stroke. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Lynn Thompson. The last stroke by Lawrence L. Lynch. Chapter six. Which? Give me a few moments of your time, Doctor, after your guest has retired for the night. For more than two hours after his parting with Hilda Grant, Ferrers had talked first with Robert Brierly alone, and then with the doctor as a third party. At the end, the three had gone together to look upon the face of the dead, and now, as the doctor nodded over his shoulders and silently followed, or rather guided, Brierly from the room and toward his sleeping apartment, the detective turned back, and when they were out of hearing, removed the covering from the still face, and taking a lamp from the table near stood looking down upon the dead no he murmured at last as he replaced the lamp and turned back to the side of the bier you never earned such a fate you must have lived and died a good man an honest man and yet he turned quickly at the sound of the opening door doctor come here and tell me how your keen eyes and worldly intelligence weighed measured and gauged this man who lies here with that look that inscrutable look they all wear once they have seen the mystery unveiled what manner of man did you find him dr barnes came closer and gazed reverently down upon the dead face there lies a man who could better afford to face the mystery suddenly without warning than you or i or any other living man i know a good man a true christian gentleman i honestly believe too modest perhaps to ever claim and hold his true place in this grasping world that he should be struck down by the hand of an assassin is past belief and yet he paused abruptly and bent down to replace the covering over the still handsome face and yet repeated the detective do you really think that this man was murdered ferrers both men were moving away from the side of the bier one on either hand and as they came together at its foot the speaker put a hand upon the shoulder of the detective tomorrow i hope you will thoroughly overlook the wood road beyond the schoolhouse the lake shore from the village to the knoll or mound and the thin strip of wood between and then tell me if you think it possible for anyone however stupid or erratic of aim to shoot by accident a man standing in that place there is no spot from which a bullet could have been fired whence a man could not have been seen perfectly by that figure by the lakeside the trees are so scattered the bushes so low the view up and down so open it's impossible that is your fixed opinion it is nothing but actual proof to the contrary would change it when they had passed from the room and the doctor had softly closed the door leaving the dead alone in the silence and the shaded lamplight they paused again face to face in the outer office have you any suggestions as regards the inquest ferrers asked the one i have been thinking about that foolish lad the one who saw poor brierly in the wood could you get him here before the inquiry we might be able to learn more in this way you know the lad of course of course there will be very little to be got from him but i'll have him here for you do so 
and the lady the one who drove the pony you will call her i suppose certainly that is all i think if you can drive me to the spot very early before we breakfast even i would like it you need not stop for me i can find my way back prefer to in fact you say it is not far little more than half a mile from the schoolhouse then good night doctor dr barnes occupied a six-room cottage with a mansard and he had fitted up the room originally meant to be a sitting-room for his own sleeping apartment it was at the front of the main cottage and back of it was the inner office where the body lay the outer office being in a wing built out from this rear room and opening conveniently outward in view of the front entrance and very close to a little side gate a porch fitted snugly into the angle made by the former sitting-room and this outer office and both of these rooms could be entered from this convenient porch robert brierly occupied the room opposite that assigned the detective with the width of the hall between them and the doctor although ferrers did not know this had camped down in his outer office half an hour after he had parted from the doctor frank ferrers as he was called by his nearest and most familiar friends opened the door upon the corner porch and stepped noiselessly out when he believed that he had found an unusual case and he cared for no others he seldom slept until he had thought out some plan of work adopted some theory or evolved a possibility or as he whimsically termed it a stepping-stone toward clearer knowledge he had answered the doctor's summons with little thought of what it might mean or lead to and simply because it was from walt barnes then he had heard the doctor's brief story with some surprise and an inclination to think it might end after all in a case of accidental shooting or self-inflicted death but when he looked into the woeful eyes of lovely hilda grant and clasped the hand of the dead man's brother the case took on a new interest here was no commonplace village maiden hysterical and forlorn no youth breathing out dramatic vows of vengeance upon an unknown foe at once his heart went out to them his sympathy was theirs and the sympathy of francis ferrers was of a very select nature indeed and thus he had looked at the beautiful refined face of the dead man a face that told of gentleness sweetness loyalty all manifest in the calm dignity of death not a strong face as his brother's face was strong but manly with the true christian manliness and strong with the strength of truth looking upon this face all thought of self-destruction forsook the detective and he stood after that first long gaze vowed to right this deadly wrong in the only way left to a mortal but how strange that such a man in such a place should be snatched out of life by the hand of an assassin he must think over it and he could think best when passing slowly along some quiet byway or street so he closed his door softly and all unconscious that he was observed from the window of the outer office he vaulted across the low fence striking noiselessly upon the soft turf on the further side and after a moment of hesitation turned the corner and went down main street past the shops the fine new church the two hotels one new and one old past the little park and around it to the street terraced and tree planted where the more pretentious dwellings and several modish new houses built for the summer border stood it was a balmy night 
every star seemed out and there was a moon bright but on the wane ferrers walked slowly upon the soft turf avoiding the boards and stones of the walks and street crossings now and then he paused to look at some fair garden lovely in the moonlight or up at the stars and once at least at a window open to the breezes of night and revealing that which sent ferrers homeward presently with a question on his lips he paced the length of the terrace street and passed by the cottage where hilda grant waked and wept perchance and as he re-entered his room silently and shadow-like he said to himself is it fate or providence that prompts us to these reasonless acts i may be wrong i may be mistaken but i could almost believe that i have found my first clue and yet he had heard nothing and yet all he had seen was a woman's shadow reflected fitfully by the waning moon as she paced her room to and fro to and fro like some restless or tormented animal and now and then lifted her arms aloft in despair in malediction and now and then lifted her arms aloft in despair in malediction in triumph in entreaty which in spite of his brief rest if rest it was ferrers was astir before sunrise but even so he found the doctor awake before him and his horse in waiting at the side gate they drove swiftly and were soon within sight of the indian mound show me first the place where the body was found ferrers had said to his guide as they set out and when the two stood at this spot which someone had marked with two small stakes and the doctor had answered some brief questions regarding the road through the fringe of wood the mound and the formation of the lake shore further south or away from the town the detective announced his wish to be left alone to pursue his work in his own way your guest will be astir early if i am not much mistaken he said and you have miss grant to look after and may be wanted for a dozen reasons before i return i can easily walk back and think you will see me at the breakfast hour which you must on no account delay two hours later and just as the doctor's man had announced breakfast the detective returned and at once joined the two in the dining-room he said nothing of his morning excursion but the doctor's quick eye noted his look of gravity and a certain preoccupation of manner which ferrers did not attempt to hide before the meal was ended dr barnes was convinced that something was puzzling the detective and troubling him not a little after breakfast and while brierly was for the moment absent from the porch where they had seated themselves with their cigars ferrers asked where does the lady live who drove mr doran's black pony yesterday is it at an hotel it is at the glenville an aristocratic family hotel on the terrace she is a mrs jamieson do you know her she sent for me once to prescribe for some small ailment not long ago has she been summoned she will be if there was anyone in the woods or approaching the mound by the road from the south she should have seen them or him even a boat might have been seen through the trees for some distance southward could it not yes for two miles from the town the lake is visible from the wood road ah here comes duran and our constable 
for half an hour the doctor was busy with Duran the constable and a number of other men who had or wished to have some small part to play in this second act of the tragedy the end of which no one could foresee then having dispatched them on their various missions the doctor set out to inquire after the welfare of hilda grant and robert brierly who could not endure his suspense and sorrow in complete inaction asked permission to accompany him thus leaving the detective who was quite in the mood for a little solitude just then in possession of the porch three wicker chairs and his cigar but not for long before he had smoked and wrinkled his brows as was his habit when things were not developing to his liking and pondered ten minutes alone he heard the click of the front gate and turned in his chair to see a lady petite graceful and dressed in mourning coming toward him with quick light steps she was looking straight at him as she came but as he rose at her approach she stopped short and standing a few steps from the porch she said crisply your pardon i have made a mistake i am looking for dr barnes he has gone out for a short time only will you be seated madam and wait she advanced a step and stopped irresolute i suppose i must unless coming closer to the lower step unless you can tell me sir what i wish to know if it is a question of medicine madam i fear it is not she broke in her voice dropping to a lower note it is about the the inquiry or examination into the death of the poor young man who but you know of course i have heard the inquest is held at one o'clock ah and do you know if the the witnesses have been notified as yet they are being summoned now as the doctor's guest i have but lately heard him sending out the papers oh indeed the lady put a tiny foot upon the step as if to mount and then withdrew it i think if i may leave a message with you sir she said i will not wait most certainly he replied i chanced to be driving through the wood yesterday when the body was discovered near the indian mound and am told that i shall be wanted as a witness i do not understand why possibly a mere form which is nevertheless essential i had engaged to go out with a yachting party she went on and before i withdraw from the excursion i wish to be sure that i shall really be required my name is mrs jameson and then i can assure you mrs jameson that you are or will be wanted at least my friend has sent a summons to a mrs jameson of the glenville house that is myself the lady said and turned to go of course then i must be at hand she nodded slightly and went away going with a less appearance of haste down the street and so from his sight when she was no longer visible the detective resumed his seat and relighted his cigar making as he did so this very unprofessional comment i hate to lose sight of a pretty woman until i am sure of the color of her eyes and yet francis ferrers had never been called in any sense a lady's man End of chapter 6